Hey everyone, Dr. Hanisha here. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast, Mahan Health with Dr. Hanisha. Mahan literally translates to great in Sanskrit, and it just doesn't make sense to have anything but the absolute best when it comes to your health. My goal is by you listening or watching this podcast, you're getting just a little bit closer to achieving Mahan or great health yourself. This podcast is all for you, so please make sure to comment what you'd like to learn more about so I can get a guest on the show who's an expert in that field, or I might even talk about it myself. I'm also super excited to announce my new practice, Mahan Health. I will be seeing patients and clients in person in Columbus, Ohio, but I'm also seeing patients and clients all over the world virtually. So make sure to book your free 15-minute phone call today to see how you can start achieving Mahan or great health yourself. Today's episode, I had the opportunity to interview an esteemed colleague and close friend of mine, Dr. Colleen Hug. In this episode, we are talking about herbs. Dr. Colleen Hug graduated from Bassier University and is currently in her residency at Redirect Health in Scottsdale, Arizona. She has a passion for melding naturopathic modalities into standard primary care. She has studied native plants throughout the Southwest, Pacific Northwest, and New England. During school, the former Botanical Medicine Club president, uh, she, as the former Botanical Medicine Club president, she gave guided plant hikes through Los Penasquitos Canyon and led herbal medicine tours at the Trees for Health Garden in Balboa Park. She hikes and makes wild medicine every weekend, becoming more and more familiar with the native plants in her new home of Phoenix, Arizona. Follow her on Instagram for her hiking adventures and botanical medicine information. And please be on the lookout for the upcoming website and blog for a smattering of facts, recipes, and crafts. I'm so excited about that. She was always the herbal go-to for me, and Valentine's Day is coming up, so I'm feeling super reminiscent of the times where she and some of our colleagues would make herbal Valentine's Day chocolates, and they were so, so good. So I'm going to need to get that recipe for you all because they were phenomenal, and since Valentine's Day is coming up, I feel like you all will definitely enjoy that. All right. Well, Without further ado, uh, make sure to leave comments below what you thought about this episode and reach out to Dr. Hugger myself after the show. All right, enjoy. Hi, Dr. Hug. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining me on my show today. I'm so excited to have you. I'm excited. I'm honored to be here. Oh, great. Uh, okay. Well, let's get right into it. So the first question that I ask all my guests and I want to ask you is, what is your journey? What, what's your story? How did you get to naturopathic medicine? Um, what, what drew you towards this profession? Yeah, sure. So um, I started off, I was doing medical microbiology at UNH and I worked in a lab and I worked part-time with people doing um, home care. And then I worked a little bit in an emergency room and I was like, you know what, I think I want to go into medicine. And through that experience and the research that I was doing under another professor, he introduced me to naturopathic medicine. And I was like, what is this? This is super cool. I love microbiology. I love bugs. I love nature. Mm -hmm. And then here's naturopathic medicine, which is using that and caring for people. And it seemed like it made a lot of difference in um, the care that I could do. So I signed up and went to Bastyr. And 
that's that's it i love it yeah (laughs) awesome so what drew your fascination towards herbs in general so i think it's so bizarre that i never was obsessed with them before i was always outside when i was a kid i played in the woods i mountain biked i hiked and then I sat down in the bot med class. It was like the first class. What was it? Our second year. Or, yeah. And oh, it, it in was lab or whenever we took botanical class. medicine lab yeah. or was it before the, during I, the class? I think it was a class, whichever okay. one came first. I can't fully remember. I don't but remember either. Like, I met Dr. Weeks and she was introducing botanical medicine. And I was like, it was like a light. I was just like, bing this is totally it. It's the perfect blend of nature and science. And so I was hooked. That was it. And I love being in nature. It's an excuse to get outside. Mm -hmm. It's so cool for, so most, most of my listeners probably don't really know what botanical medicine lab is, but (laughs) but for us, it was really like this cool, like potions. It was like Hogwarts where we, yes. we were making different tinctures and teas and, and it was the coolest experience. Cause it, like you said, I felt the same way. Just going into that class, I was like, this is so cool. Like There's I like knew it's bubbling. You feel like a witch. You're like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it was so exciting. I remember just being like, I'm at Hogwarts. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even Mugwort. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it was, it was like, it was, it was absolutely one of my favorite classes ever. And I, I was similar. Like I, I was interested in herbal medicine. Like I grew up with Ayurvedic medicine, um, the ancient Indian medicine. Well, you know, for my listeners who don't necessarily know it's the ancient Indian medicine. And I grew up with a little bit of that. So I knew a little bit and I was like interested in learning more. And that's what drew me towards naturopathic medicine. But when going into that lab, I was like, this is way cooler than I ever had imagined. This is so exciting. Yeah, it was was gold. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about adaptogens. I absolutely love my adaptogens and (laughs) I I love taking them on the regular and recommending them to all of my patients. But uh, let's talk about them. Let's, what, what are they? Yeah. Um, so I would say the best way let's talk about, so the definition of adapt is basically to bring, um, a behavior and alter the function and that behavior to fit a situation. And that's essentially what they do is they make your body adapt to the situation that it's in, in the best way that it possibly can. And, um, for what the, uh, society that we live in today a lot of that is stress and so it helps us manage those stressors physical mental um all all varieties all kinds and that's why they're magical and everyone needs them and loves them yes I know it is so funny because like we we talk about how much uh herbal medicine is the combination of science and nature like it really really is but then sometimes I just think about like even like we can understand the mechanism of action which we can go into in a second but it really just feels like magic sometimes you're just like yes this is amazing yeah it really really does it's like week one you're kind of like okay I'm kind of feeling it week two you're like yeah I'm definitely feeling it week three you're like this stuff is the best (laughs) yeah and then you if you stop taking it you're like 
what just happened to my life. <laughs> way, yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're in medical school and like yes. oh. burnt out <laughs> or, yeah. or at least reaching burnout depending yeah. on where you're at. And, um, I remember I stopped taking my adaptogens for a few weeks and I was like, Oh no. <laughs> I would, I'll like taper off and remember and realize and be like that's why I'm so exhausted that's (laughs) exactly no wonder um all right so what yeah let's let's talk about the mechanism of action like what makes these herbs so special and uh how do they work how do they do their thing so I guess the first thing I'm going to say about herbal medicine is there's always a synergy and all the phytochemicals in the plant constituents are doing a million things. So what we understand that they're doing now is um, they work on that, what's called the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis, which is the brain to the adrenal gland mm-hmm. and a bunch of endocrine systems are also involved with that. It's vastly oversimplified but it basically reduces and modifies the stress and the communication between the brain and that system so that your body can react in a calmer way, in a way that doesn't stress it out. So the other thing that they know that it's doing is, I think there's this um, protein called HSP 7275, 72. 72. And it's a chaperone protein. What it does is it make sure that cells don't apoptose so they don't commit cell suicide and cells do that when they're under stress Mm -hmm. so this makes the cells able to cope with the stress and survive the stress that's going on in your body stressors being um everything from chemical to physiological biological all different kinds of stressors Mm-hmm. exhaustion and so on so those are the two main mechanisms that we really understand now and again with plant medicine there's always a million and we don't know everything that's going on mm-hmm. and i i appreciate you talking about the synergy of of the herbs in general and plant medicine and how how it really we can't really take out one constituent of it and be like oh this is what's effective because yeah. that's that's really the pharmaceutical model and with plants it's just just not the way it works it's so true yeah it, and um and that's why un, uh, unfortunately a lot of times whenever we see it being extracted we don't see all the benefits that we can see whenever it's the whole plant exactly yeah Yeah. and it's just less fun (laughs) it is yeah it's so much more fun to wildcraft and make the teas and um (laughs) take the tinctures totally (laughs) okay well um what was my question uh so what are some examples of some herbs that are considered adaptogens yeah, so we have um, rhodiola, ashwagandha, um, ginseng. We can talk a little bit more about that. There are different types of ginsengs. I would say Asian ginseng is more of a stimulant than an adaptogen, in my opinion, and the opinion of some others. You'll see it listed as an adaptogen. Um, Shazandra, Ramania. I'm trying to think of... Uh, Which one? Was it the last one? Ramania. Ramania. Romania. I really love that one, especially for women. Um, I find that to be a great nourishing adaptogen. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 
Great. So, uh, okay. So which ones did you say, let, let's separate them a little bit. So which ones did you say were a little bit more stimulating and cause I know, I mean, I feel like a lot of times today we're always looking for ways to help us with focus because we're constantly stimulated by other things and getting distracted. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, well, that's obviously the first step is try to re reduce those distractions. But um, beyond that, if someone was searching for herbal support, what would you say would be some good adaptogenic herbs that can help with that? Um, so I would say out of the stimulating ones, rhodiola, I would consider stimulating. Um, again, ginseng is stimulating. So you have Panax uh, ginseng, which is the Asian. That's maybe a little too stimulating. If it can almost be abused. Panax cornifolius, the American ginseng, is a good stimulating one. And then the best for mental clarity and stimulation, I'd have to say, is with Elythrococcus, um, Centicoas, which is the Siberian ginseng. Yeah. That's the one that I think is a game changer when it comes to feeling stimulated, but feeling calm enough and and having that clarity. Right. And, and that's a good um, clarification that you just made there too. It's with these herbs, it's not like you're getting the super high, um, it's not like coffee or mm -hmm. Adderall, not even close to mm -hmm. Adderall level. Like it, it, you're just, you're, you're a little bit more focused and then you still feel calm and it, because they're still adaptogens. So they're still working to reduce your stress levels and, um, and balance your cortisol. Definitely. Although I have seen some people who are naturally up there react to rhodiola and one of the ginsengs in that way where they almost feel like caffeine like so it's too much people i would say dial it down like hyperthyroid definitely not going for rhodiola definitely going towards the more calming yeah. and you know yourself and you know what you're looking for mm -hmm. yeah and i think uh that that's a really good point because that was going to be my next question actually is like when should we not be taking them like I know also rhodiola can also lead to constipation. So if that's a tendency of yours, then rhodiola is probably not going to be a good adaptogen for you. Not so helpful for you. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny though, because at the same time, I have seen it help hypothyroid patients, but not with constipation. So just make sure you're doing your constipation, like dealing with that another way. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then it's, again working with a naturopathic doctor or yeah. uh <laughs> someone who knows what they're doing in terms of these herbs yeah. because then they'll know what actually works for you exactly yeah so like anytime you have pregnancy um children should have great stress responses themselves because they are young and they haven't been taxed so that's really focusing on triggers and what's going on behind that mm -hmm. and then they have just different physiology so always working with a naturopathic doctor for those situations um, any type of autoimmune if you're on immunosuppressants a ton of drugs i wouldn't say stay away from adaptogens i would say just be guided by someone right using yeah. them making sure there are no interactions exactly and, um yeah it's and and that's where naturopathic doctors really excel at knowing those herb drug interactions and Absolutely. so yeah so i think that's that's definitely something that many people don't know about mm -hmm. um so okay cool um so, oh yeah. All right. So we talked about what was more stimulating. Let's talk about what are, what's more calming, which is what I think is more necessary for 
everyone in this country yeah, <laughs> most <agree>. people <laughs> <laughs> so what what would you say are some more calming adaptogens i would say in terms of definitely calming is ashwagandha yes. and that yes that one just i mean the name is withania somnifera some some being related to somnolent sleep um and so that's one that really resets your your rhythms and can help your cortisol make sure it's low at night make sure you're going to sleep and other ones that would be more relaxing as that i've mentioned romania being nourishing shizandra i think of almost as a little neutral um i think that it's not necessarily stimulating it's not necessarily going to turn you down but it's a nice even keel so that's a good one to go to if you don't know what would be best mm -hmm. yeah and what's interesting is that uh i actually just realized this with with Anya's somnifera and so like i i understood that calming aspect of the somnifera but ashwagandha in Sanskrit literally translates to vitality of a horse or energy energy of that of a horse yeah um and so so what's interesting about that is like that really just shows the adaptogenic effect where like yeah. it can it can do whatever your body really needs but but I do I usually do use it to to feel more calm but mm -hmm. but I feel more sustained I think I think yeah. that's the main thing like I can I can, I, I make my ashwagandha tea almost every morning, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I can get through the day and I just feel more level headed. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, that's a great one. It's one of my favorites. I think everyone should be taking ashwagandha. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. What do you think about, uh, shatavari? Um, Oh my goodness. I honestly totally forgot about that one. Um, so that's like, uh, what's the Latin name? Is that the um, it's on the tip of my tongue? It smells like potatoes. <laughs> uh, I do not remember the Latin name. I'm actually going to look it up right now. Um, yeah, we'll oh, find that asparagus, out. asparagus racemosis. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's a great nourishing, calming, relaxing adaptogen that. Yes. Um, I had totally forgotten about, to be honest. I guess I haven't made anything with it recently. Another uh -huh. one, um, holy basil. Holy basil is amazing. Holy basil. Yeah. Yeah. Those, I would say those two would be more on the calming mm -hmm. aspect. And the, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. And like the way I've learned about those herbs, I remember learning ashwagandha is a little bit more of like that masculine sort of energy. Yes. And that's why it's so prevalent in our culture in our world today because we tend to be more masculine dominant as Absolutely. a whole um as a society and then shatavari is more of a feminine energy and and i think we need more of that going around i already i'm like about i'm like that's it i'm hitting the herb shop tomorrow <laughs> yeah i actually just got some shatavari for myself too so then that's why it's really been on my mind it's just like, oh, awesome. yeah, like this is a big part of bringing back my feminine yes yes absolutely <laughs> and that's a, that that masculine just likes to take over sometimes and we gotta remember yeah. the feminine we got to nourish the feminine. That's, that's all I create. Yeah, yeah, everyone, everyone. 
Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And it's, it's just, I mean, it's easy to get drawn back into that masculine because that's where society is. And even yeah. if we talk about what we do and you and your residency right now and me having my own practice, a lot of the things that we're doing is more like masculine energy driven, but then Absolutely. creating and healing all of that's very feminine. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's a balance. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay. So um, one thing I feel like my listeners would love to hear about, and I love learning more about this because I feel like I don't know, I definitely don't know as much as you do on this topic, but, um, Debatable. but <laughs> I know, I, I, I know in terms of mushrooms, let's talk yeah. about the healing mushrooms and, yeah. um, yeah, just tell me about them. Everything mushrooms. Yeah. So, um, I think the cool, I think what's so great about mushrooms is not only are a lot of them adaptogenic, but they're also immunomodulatory. So to make it very concrete, you have, for example, you have the drug cyclosporin, which is from a mushroom and that's an immunosuppressant. And then you have people now taking mushrooms to boost their immune cells after chemotherapy and after cancer treatments. And um, that's showing like the different sides of how effective they can be. Now that one mushroom can do both tuning down the immune system and tuning it up at the same time in your body. So Rishi, for example, by um, really getting those T helper cells activated and those T helper cells kind of tell your body which way to go do we attack do we back off um, so it can help with an autoimmune situation it can also help with someone whose immune system is too low while nourishing you and working with that hpa access and those chaperone proteins it's just like everything in one yeah. and um yeah, they're just so great that water soluble. I mean, yeah. And I, I think that's, what's so cool about it. Like you said that it, uh, it can help modulate the immune system so it can actually suppress it when need be. And then also stimulate it if need be. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people with autoimmune conditions, even stimulatory herbs, uh, or immune stimulatory herbs can be triggers. So we exactly. don't want to be so, so something like echinacea and we know, yeah. Astragalus. Yeah. They're really, um, they stimulate our immune system mm -hmm. and that can be good for a lot of people in certain situations in acute situations, but for people with autoimmune conditions, it might not be ideal for them. And exactly. so that's where these mushrooms are so great. Exactly. Yeah. And then they're increasing your natural killer cells. So they're helping you fight cancer. I mean, it just goes yeah. on and on. Not to mention then you have a bunch of food. Like you can just eat them as food. You can yeah. get the protein and all of this nourishing medicinal action. Yeah, definitely. And that, uh, yeah, mushrooms are so cool like that. So um, what are some of your favorite mushrooms actually? So I would have to say, I mean, obviously my dog's name is Rishi. Ganoderma, <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love Ganodermas, I think, because the reason I fell in love with them, they're easy to identify, so I could immediately harvest them. I harvested a different Ganoderma in San Diego. Um, they're really hard and woody, so I chopped it off. They last forever. 
in terms of let's see some of the other mushrooms i love chicken of the woods i love hen of the woods just because i love eating it um lion's mane and all of the other that's great because it helps with those brain games <laughs> yeah um, it looks so cool have you ever seen it yeah like, lion's mane looks so cool it looks as magical as it is yeah so those of you listening uh as long as you're not driving, you should definitely look up what lion's mane looks like. Totally. They look awesome. Totally. <laughs> I found the Americanus uh, genus in, on the East Coast and I harvested it. And I was just like, I was hiking and I saw it's just like out of, it's magical. You just see it and you're like this, nothing else looks like this. Yeah, that's so yeah. cool. Actually, let's talk about harvesting a little bit. Um, sure. I, I feel like this is something, at least a lot of my patients um, that I talk to, they don't, they don't have a clue what mm -hmm. we're talking about when we talk about harvesting or yeah, tincture. Yeah. So can you explain what, like, what that really is? So um, wild harvesting, you're basically, you're going out often, you have to go on BLM land, that's Bureau of Land Management, um, to do it the right way. You can't be taking from state parks, but you go out, you identify your herbs, and you source them sustainably. If you see seven plants and they look like they're all doing well, you can take a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. And um, I find net bagging is great because it's not too, it doesn't keep it too wet. You can hang them up. So you're basically sourcing the plants that you use as medicine out from the wild and they grow everywhere. Once you start identifying them, you'll realize how common and easy it can be just to get certain plants in your area. Definitely. And yeah, I think that was an important point that you made to uh, be doing it the right way because there are a lot of endangered species when it comes to plants uh, right now. And, and even though they have medicinal benefits, it's not really the kind thing to do to the planet and we'll eventually run out and we won't have them either. Yeah, if we have to show respect for sure. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's really important. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about other ways to take them then. So, so we've harvested them. So now what can we do? So um, you can make a tincture, which is an alcohol extract. Now, when you're going for water soluble constituents, like we were talking about with the mushrooms, you'll do like 35% alcohol. Um, and that's gonna be the case for a lot of plants and a lot of fresh plants, 35 to 45%. Mm -hmm. And that alcohol pulls out all the medicinal components. You leave it there for two weeks and you strain them. Um, you take dropperfuls of the tincture. I think that's a great way to take adaptogens when you really want them to act and act as fast as they can mm -hmm. is, um, do the tincture forms of them and then fresh plant is the best for tinctures you're not going to get better tinctures from dried plants you should pretty much always have it fresh excluding a very small percentage of plants yes um and the then dried yeah the dried plant okay sorry i think you were about to say that but would no, be no. better for teas usually yes exactly yeah so then the dried plant you're that's when you're making your teas and so you can save it and um Teas are also great for adaptogens, but when you're using the, a lot of adaptogens are roots and barks, 
you want to boil it in the water for mm -hmm. 20 minutes with the water boiling, mm -hmm. not like your typical tea making where you pour it over. Cause a lot of these adaptogens are thick and heavy and need to boil for a while. Yeah, definitely. It's a part of my ritual to, to actually boil my, it's usually ashwagandha that yeah. I have. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, no, it is. Yeah. I will let it sit for 15 to 20 minutes and just let it, let it boil. And then, will strain it to drink it yeah. because that's the only way it's really effective. Um, Sorry, I had but, to put my hair up. It was like bothering me. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> so uh, what was I going to say? So I think one of the things that we've talked about in the past before, um, just in our conversations, is like yeah. how much history is in these herbs and um, in in, in practicing this plant medicine. And I, I kind of want to go into that a little bit. So can you yeah. talk about a little bit more about that? Absolutely. It's funny too, because we're talking about teas and tinctures and tinctures are relatively new. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people who were using these plants hundreds of years ago, that are like a couple hundred years ago, thousands of years ago, alcohol wasn't readily available, not to the strength that you need for a tincture. And so oftentimes these plants were always made in teas. And so I think that that's one notable thing is we get a lot of the constituents from the tincture and you can, it can be very powerful, but how all of these were used historically were, they were smoked, they were in teas, they were made in powders, they were burned on the fire, they were inhaled, they were bathed in. Um, and a tincture is relatively new. And then all of this information that we're getting, we're getting from other cultures. You have Ayurvedic medicine, you have TCM. We've learned so much. Those, that's where the first adaptogen research, um, the information came from TCM and they started doing the research in World War II because they wanted to make soldiers uh, who had more endurance and more stamina. And that's why they started researching them. But the plants were coming from all these Asian cultures that they were learning about. And, and then just as, um, I, you know, me being in Arizona right now, all of the indigenous peoples and the native populations, we would know nothing about these plants. And we still know a fraction because their culture was decimated. And with that, a huge percentage of the knowledge. And so we're really lucky to have the knowledge that we do have. And science, modern day science is backing it up, but we got all this information from um, oral tradition and from studying texts and manuscripts of Ayurvedic medicine, of TCM and all of the Of all cultures. the ancient healers of the world. We've, we're exactly. everything that we're researching now in the in the more modern style of research is because of these ancient healers and ancient medicines and traditions. Um, so, and and that's really cool. I didn't actually know that about the World War II uh, and enhancing performance for soldiers. I didn't know that that was when they really started doing research. So that is really fascinating. That's, I, I believe that's when the term adaptogen was termed. Termed, okay. Um, because the researcher was like, these reduce the immediate stress response and make the, the um, endurance phase before the burnout phase last longer. So 
Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And for those listening, I don't think you clarified what TCM was, but that's just traditional Chinese medicine, (laughs) just in case someone didn't know what that meant. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So yeah. So those are definitely, I mean, traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine are probably the most documented um, of the ancient medicines, I'd say. Uh, But every single culture has their own every every south america africa wherever you go um australia any indigenous population has their own sort of medicine that they've had and yeah like you said we're so lucky to be able to even have access to some of this information considering what happened to all those cultures and Yeah. yeah exactly exactly and um it's yeah, I feel I feel very grateful for that. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Before we move on to the rapid fire questions, sure. I wanted to ask you, well, actually two questions. So okay. my first question was, if you were stranded on an island uh, and you could only have one herb with you or there was only one herb on that random island, oh what would gosh. it be? What would you want it to be? I was hoping that I could bring one and then I could use whatever I found there. (laughs) Um, So, you know what? I've really been loving Anamopsis californica, also known as Yerba Mansa. Okay. Um, It grows in California and I like it because the root is very aromatic. um, So very antimicrobial for sinus, for throat, for GI. So I think I could use that to kill bugs. Um, the leaf is really soothing, and so I could and I could use that for also stagnant conditions, like if you sprain an ankle to speed up the blue boggy healing process. Mm-hmm. Um, and it changes the soil so other grow, plants grow better. So maybe I grow some other plants. I'm gonna stick with that one. That's a really hard question. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know, but it's kind of fun to like try to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So my last question before we move on to the rapid fire is really just like, was there anything that we didn't get to go over right now that you would really, you really want our listeners to know about? Um, honestly, I think we touched on it all. I wanted to throw that world war one piece in yeah. there. Cause I thought that was cool that it was like improving stamina of sleep deprived soldiers. Yeah. Um, cause, Cause when I try to get, people to take adaptogens who aren't into it I throw that one in but yeah I think we covered some good bases awesome cool all right so let's do the rapid fire questions uh you do not have to answer them rapidly it's just it's just the round (laughs) all right so we talked about Mahan health meaning great health what does Mahan health mean to you Um, So Mahan health, great health means to me that a person is vital, feeling optimally healthy so that they can fully um, live their life and reach their goals. And they have the energy, they have the brain power, they have the vitality and the love in their heart to do all the things that they want to do. That's what great health means to me. Yes, I love it being able to achieve your goals and I love I love that you added like they have the love in their heart to do that because I think that's something that people always forget uh, but that's so necessary 
so necessary yes yes okay so then the next two questions they could be the same they could be related or they could be totally different it's really dependent on you so what was the most difficult health change for you to make and what are you still working on <laughs> definitely the same <laughs> okay. i think i think <laughs> i think for me it would be stress eating because okay. i get fidgety so often when I get stressed it's when I'm doing work and I'm trying to do work fast and I get fidgety and that helps me with fidget fidgeting so like I'll like eat a bag of chips and then I don't have room for my salad later or something you know like I'd yeah. say that that one that's that's my hardest one so far because it it helps the fidget mm -hmm. okay well thanks for sharing what and what and hydration Okay. I'm, yes. I'm winning that battle though. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing because that is, I think that's a common thing that people struggle with. And yeah. that's really why I asked the question is so that people know that they're not alone in these yeah, struggles. We're all, like, doing it. Yeah. we're all doing it. We're all on our healing journey still, you know, there's no, there's no end. We haven't just all healed. Yeah. <laughs> <I will. laughs> so it's a journey just like life. Yeah. All right, so the last question I ask is, if you could have a PSA commercial about health, uh, what would it be about and why? Um, use your spices on your food. <laughs> That's the fastest yes. way to get herbs in. Spice It's so delicious. Spice, if you're eating McDonald's, spice McDonald's. Just put <laughs> some spices on there. like. Because it tastes good, it, your meal is definitely going to taste better, and you're getting some good phytochemicals in there. That'd be my PSA. Yes, <laughs> it's. I I just remembered the Frank's Hot commercials. I don't know if you've. Oh my gosh, me. I don't remember them. No. They're like Frank's Hot. I put that shit on everything. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my like, god. That should be. That's what I do with spices. I'm like, I put yeah, that shit on everything. I put that shit on everything. We should actually make a PSA like that. <laughs> It really should be. It really should be. It's so, good. Um, it's so good and so good for you. And yeah. yeah, like you said, it's the easiest way to get all these medicines right into your body. Uh, it's amazing. And it tastes so good. Exactly. Portable, carry a bottle around, you know. Yeah. I actually like, always have like some sort of spice with me, you know, like a, yeah. a mixed seasoning of some sort. Like, I don't yeah. know what's going to happen. I might need it. going to taste better though. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, the last question is just like, where, where can people find you? If they're looking for you, where, where are they going to find you? Um, so right now I'm at redirect health doing a residency. It's a membership based program. So for information, I would say Instagram, Dr. Hug ND. Um, and I'm building a website. So hopefully I'll get that all set up. And I'll definitely be putting herb knowledge on both of those things. Okay. So any, if you want to know about herbs and see some random tidbits, follow me there. And um, yeah, hope yeah. to spread the good knowledge. Yes. Yeah. She's definitely got some great stuff. So um, really appreciate it. And beyond herbal medicine, of course, uh, as a naturopathic it doctor. It goes all over, yeah. It goes, yeah, it goes <laughs> all over. So she's my dogs, I mean. Yeah, Richie, yeah, Richie's yeah. the best. 
<laughs> so awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Hug. I really appreciate you coming on the show. And um, I hope to see you again soon. Yeah, I hope to see you yeah. soon. Thank you. It was the best. Thanks. I hope you all enjoyed that episode and now have a better understanding of the power of herbal medicine, what we can start to take now to reduce our stress stress levels and properly sourcing herbs and knowing what is ethical. This is so important. And one thing Dr. Hug and I forgot to mention during the show was the fact that Eleutherococcus ginseng, which we talked about during the episode, is actually not a good plant to use right now because it's currently endangered. So I will have all the sources where you can see what herbs are currently endangered and what we should veer away from when taking, even if you can find it in any grocery store or any essential oil company has it. One commonly used example is Boswellia or frankincense. Um, this right now is also endangered, but I see it everywhere and it, it upsets me a little bit and it, it stresses me out because we need to be more responsible when purchasing our herbs because we must honor the earth and these planets and, that provide us with medicine that and that we can use for ourselves. And when we do that, when we honor the earth and take these things into consideration, the earth will take care of us as well. It's just this beautiful symbiotic relationship. And I think it's really important to, to take that into consideration when purchasing these herbs. So I will have Dr. Hug's information and the resources she mentioned in the show notes below. So make sure to check those out. But that's all I got for you all today. Wishing you all mahan or great health, and I will see you next time. 